Welcome to Too Old, Too New Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to Too Old, Too New Comic Book Podcast. My name is Bill Beer, and join to and join to you. Well, not quite, but sure. <laughs> and joining me tonight, as always, is Seth Howard. Hello. Hey, how's it going this evening? It's going great. That's good. That's so. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time. We are a comic book podcast, obviously from our title, but we are too old, too new. We do two old comic books each episode and two new. We each pick an old one and a new one, and we talk about them. And wherever the discussions may lead, they lead. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Half time, they might not even deal with comics. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. You want to go ahead and, and go first? Sure, I'll do that. So, uh, start with our new one first, right? Yes, yeah, that's fine. One. Cool. So, a uh, new one, like we discussed in the last episode, I was going to try to, um, I, I love superheroes, you know, and I love, you know, Batman, obviously we discussed that, um, but branching out different stuff. Uh, the great thing with comics is sometimes you find a comic that uh, involves your other interests outside of comics. Uh, like in this case, uh, for my new issue, I stopped by my uh, local comic shop out here. And uh, got the newest Army of Darkness, Furious Road. So it's awesome. Dynamite Comics puts it out. Uh, okay. This is, yeah, it's Dynamite issue number one. Um, in total, there are um, 12 different variant covers uh, with it. I went with the uh, cover C, which is uh, Francisco Francavilla. I love his work. You know, obviously, oh, yes. you know, his, his stuff's amazing, his, his color palette and everything. And so I had the choice. They have like, four or five of the different covers there. And I saw Francaville immediately. I'm like, yep, I'm going to get that one. So, uh, which is great. So army of darkness. If, uh, if you haven't seen the movie, um, shame on you. Uh, the movie's awesome. It's the third movie and Sam Raimi's evil dead. Not really a trilogy because there was evil dead. Evil dead two is kind of a remake of the first one. And then army of darkness. Um, and then now there has been the, uh, army of darkness TV show, uh, which is great. So if you haven't seen that, you need to watch it because it's got Bruce Campbell. Basically, it comes down. It's Bruce Campbell. He's awesome. Ash versus um, Evil Dead. Ash versus Evil Dead. That's what it is. Yeah, not Army yeah. of Darkness. My bad. Oh, that's why. Because there's talk of finally making another uh, Army of Darkness movie. That's what it is. Which yeah. that's going on for years. But um, last year there was some big news came out about it that seems like it might actually happen. So we'll see. I mean, Army of Darkness is awesome it's amazing it's hilarious it is all you want in a b movie without being a terrible b movie i think because yeah. it's yeah. it's just good <laughs> you know it's yeah it's kind of like a uh, a minus movie instead of a it's an a minus i guess or a b plus whatever yeah. you want to call it it's great i love it so is the book a continuation from something no, brand new something newer well it, yeah it ties into the movie so basically there was an army of darkness comic that came out a couple years ago and this is sort of a continuation of that. Um, I remember reading a few issues of that, but I just kind of, I don't know, for whatever reason, I quit reading it. And I don't know why. I need to go back and read them now because there's some characters that were in that one. Because this comic did one of my favorite things, and I'll get to that. But basically it starts out, this is called Furious Road, which is a take on Fury Road. I mean, okay. <laughs> yeah. but basically it's written by Nancy Collins. The illustrator is Cuber Ball, or Bale, B-A-A-L, um, Lettered by Simon Boland, and like I said, <clears throat> I got the cover C, which is Francesco Francavilla. I love his stuff. I mean, he's done stuff for Swamp Thing uh, for the New 52. He did some stuff for um, The Dark Mirror, 
again, which is one right. of my favorite Batman stories, uh, which Scott Snyder wrote. Um, his art is just great. And when you see the covers, if you have the option of seeing them, you'll tell the, the Francovilla cover. He's also done the um, uh, Afterlife with Archie stuff, you know. So it's oh, okay. that style of, uh, for the cover. It's just great. So honestly, that's why I picked this one uh, as far as the cover because it was Francovilla. The other covers look nice. This was just awesome. So, but yeah, first issue, Dynamite uh, Comics. And the very first thing it says, 20 years from whenever now is. So it does take place, you know, same universe, same time as Army of Darkness, but it's 20 years from wherever now is. So, I mean, that's great. It could be 20 years from 2016, so 2036. It could be 20 years from, you know, the Army of Darkness movie. Whatever you want it to be. They don't really set a specific timeline, which is great. Basically, the story opens up with a group of ragtag people where I have no clue who any of these people are. They're not in the movie. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six different people in it. There's a guy that looks like Frankenstein. He's driving a motorcycle. There's a gal in the sidecar shooting a machine um, gun. There is a Jeep being driven, or like a dune buggy, with a nun with a 50 cal shooting that. <laughs> and then there's a couple inside of a big box truck, and they're talking about how they're trying to get to a rendezvous point or whatever. Um, you know, they're trying to get somewhere. You hear somebody say, you know, air support, you know, says, hey, there's somebody on your right. The next panel is a two-page spread with an old Dynamite Comics building, which is awesome, just kind of destroyed. You see the sign. And that's some deadites screaming through this alley in an old car, just laughing, ha-ha, heads poking out and stuff. And uh, from there, they get pretty much gunned down. It's it's kind of gory. You know, it's blood, obviously. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, a horror comic. Book. Yeah. And, uh, oh, they're in an armored vehicle. Sorry, it's not a box truck. They're in an armored vehicle. And the, the deadites are just laughing the whole time. Ha, 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 all over the place. And the guy driving the armored truck's like, I'll never understand what those creeps find so damn funny. And then uh, ends up ramming the car, goes down into a, a gas tanker that's down in a ditch, and it explodes, lots of fire. And it just shows them laughing, and it shows the deadite coming out of the fireball on fire. Ha, ha, ha. And he just eventually burns out and dies. <laughs> so basically it's like a big chasing almost in a sense like fury road in a sense they're in these vehicles are driving they're trying to get to a destination and all of a sudden you says stop ahead turn to the next page and it's s mart <laughs> so they were trying to get to an s mart which is awesome um in front of s mart there's a bunch of overturned shopping carts and cars and stuff broken up and all of a sudden you see what their air support is it's this big bat guy it looks like a man bat almost comes down and so your crew is um a frankenstein guy a nun, this man bat guy, some deadites attack. They take them out, and uh, the nun's is about to get eaten, and all of a sudden you see a chainsaw appear from the back of his head. Um, and, of course, that's Ash. Ash shows up, you know, and uh, his first lines are, what are you screwheads doing outside my store? <laughs> so he saves the nun. He's got the chainsaw. And uh, this group of ragtag people, they're looking for the Necronomicon. They're saying, we're looking for the book, you know. Right. And um, Ash makes a mention of uh so there's this lady comes up says ash and ash says do i know you lady and she goes it's me uh ava i helped you defeat dracula and cured you of lycanthropy a long time ago and one of my favorite things i love in the old comics that we don't see enough in new comics is then there's an asterisk and we all know what an asterisk means you gotta find the little box and it says see army of darkness issues eight through eleven we don't see that anymore that, oh, that's we true don't. we don't we don't yeah and i love that it because it takes you back, okay, this is what it's talking about. Whether it's, hey, that makes me want to go back and read that story now, 
or it just gives me a reference point is the thing. And there's so many comics that I wish they would do that because, you know, you and I have talked today with you get these story arcs that are 12 issues long, um, but we can't, we don't know what are they referring back to because if we jumped in the middle of comic today, we wouldn't know what's going on and they don't put those marks in there very much, you know? Um, And that was one of the things I always thought with, um, I think a lost opportunity would have been Grant Morrison in his Batman run. If he would have done that, and referencing, you know, when the Black Casebook came out, he would have referenced these old Batman comics. Would have been awesome. Yeah, that just would have been very cool. Old school feel, and I wish more comics would do. That. I think the last time I saw that, you know, it might have been the Blackest Night. I think they had some references in mm-hmm. there for this story because it was referencing other ones in the tie-ins. But I just love the fact that hey, if you're just joining us, you can catch up. You don't need to, but you can catch up by reading this. I, I love that in comics. Honestly, I, it seems weird, but. Growing up when I was a kid, every comic I read, if I got into a new one, it had those. <laughs> you know? Right, and it leads you to read something else, you know? If you want to yep. know what leads into it or what happened previously, they did it a lot with the old Spider-Man, I noticed. Yeah, yeah, it's always, hey, referencing this issue, yeah. it's referencing this, it's referencing this story. Yeah. And that kind of gives you an idea, okay, you know, granted, in this day and age, we could hop on the internet and do a quick search, who is this person? But you know what? Give me a comic number to go look up, and I'll go to my store and find it and buy it. You know, I yeah. love the fact of we're referencing this, and there you go. So for me, instantly, one again, it was it's Army of Darkness too. They do that, I'm like, oh, you're, I love you already. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so the other thing is then is that this um so basically it kind of shows a um this little picture of how Ash is thinking back. He goes, I remember now you're that chick with daddy issues, and it literally shows this great picture of Ash as a werewolf with the chainsaw on his right arm. <laughs> so, so they discuss a little bit, you know, he mentions, Hey, I see you're still hanging out with Mr. Frankenstein. I see. And the Frankenstein guy goes, the name is Michael. So Michael. I'm gonna <laughs> read it now because he must've made some jokes about Frankenstein guy back in these issues. So I'll definitely go and pick up these issues now that I go across this. Um, but basically anyway, they come for the book. One of the guys that was, um, Ash makes some comment to this gal, and the guy says, keep a civil tongue in your head when you talk to her old man. Um, and she calls him gnarly. Don't, it's okay. And Ash goes, <laughs> who are you calling old, punk? And uh, this guy says, give us the book or we'll take it from you. We didn't come all this way to be cock-blocked by some old geezer. Pardon the French, but that's what it says. And so, of course, <laughs> Ash says, then come and get it, Junior, assuming you have the balls. Again, it's like Army of Dark. I mean, this is Ash just talking. That's the great thing. And you can thing. hear him saying that. Totally. It's like his voice, you know, cool. Bruce Campbell's basically narrating my comic. Well, this guy, Gnarly, you see him, he's got this longer red hair and like a goatee. And that frame, you could tell he gets more hair and just kind of gets a snout. And then he turns into a werewolf. So Gnarly is a werewolf. So <laughs> so he goes to attack Ash. Ash cuts his arm off with the chainsaw. <laughs> and he goes, my arm. And he goes, oh, that actually stung a bit because then his arm is growing back then now. So he's obviously regenerative powers. All of a sudden, Ashton points a shotgun and says, let's see if he can still talk trash without a head, Rover. <laughs> Point that they get Ash to stop. Um, anyway, Ash goes on to a talk, and they hit him in the back of the head with a stick, knocks him out. The nun talks to the gal who, this Ava gal, the nun goes, is he always like this? And Ava goes, afraid so. And this another gal who's with him says, what do we do now? And they go, time up and start looking for the book. And then it says, next issue, alive, oh, alive. So... A lot of fun, basically. It is. It sounds uh, like. Oh, it's great. And, you know, this was me just, honestly, I, I was thinking when we, you know, doing this too new, too old, I was going, I need something 
newer that's different, something that I'm going to go in. You know, I love superheroes, but let's see what else we got. And that's when I walked into the shop and I was like, oh, my gosh, Army of Darkness, issue one, Furious Road, perfect time to hop there in. There you go. Yeah. So I had to get it. Read, I've read the comic four or five times already. You know, it's it's that good. I'm already going to go back and check for those other Army of Darkness, probably getting trade paper. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. Uh, a few years ago, I had won an auction on eBay. Mm-hmm. And it was for a couple trades. I couldn't, I don't remember which ones they were off the top of my head, but the dude was like, Hey, I'm going to send you a couple other things I want to get rid of. And I'm like, sure. And it was two other trades, but one of them was the Army of Darkness trade. Nice. I think it was one of the first ones they put out from like 10 years or so ago. Okay. So I haven't even opened it up yet, but, (laughs) but I have it, but I have it. So I might have to check that out. Yeah, and this is, I mean, literally, like you just said, the whole time reading this, it's written like Ash would write, you know, in the movies. You know, he's got those lines. Obviously, I'm sure eventually he's going to say, hell to the king, give me some sugar, whatever. But it was great. Um, One, first issue, not using those lines, because I'd be kind of like, okay, yeah, we know he's going to say it. But when you read it, the way he talks and the voice, it's, it's there. And the cool thing, the Furious Road, is they built it up to be like, it's a mad dash, all these vehicles to get to... S smart, which was even better. It was like, okay, because I'm going, I don't know who these people are, but it's drawn really, really well, actually. Some of their inside stuff, though, like I said, it's Dynamite Comics, and one panel shows the Dynamite Comics, or at least a building with the Dynamite Comics banner up on it that's kind of torn up and stuff. Yeah. They're just having fun with it. And it does say they're leaving Detroit. So it's taking place in Detroit, like, you know, Evil Dead Army of Darkness was, was in Michigan. You know, it says the sign as they're driving away, it says you are now leaving Detroit. So great little comic. And oh, I forgot. I was going to read this here at the back side of it. Great thing they do again with all the little blurbs because it shows you a picture of the cover for next issue. And it says uh, 20 years from now, the world has fallen to the dead eyed invasion. The remains of civilization is holed up in what was once the city of Lansing, Michigan, now renamed simply Alive. It is up to the Chosen One, the Keeper of the Dread Necronomicon Ex Mortis, a.k.a. Ashley Ash Williams, and a ragtag group of humans and monsters, including the daughter of Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, and the witch Hecuba, to save humanity and send the Deadites back to hell. But to do what? They must first battle their way past Ash's evil twin, the General, and his demonic army of darkness with the help of a werewolf biker gang, Dracula and his brides, and Ash's custom murder mobile. So... <laughs> I'm just like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, so yeah, this witch, this gal in here, she ends up uh, blasting this guy with, like, a uh, pitchfork she has, and the guy explodes. And when the deadite says, you destroyed one of us with a single blow, how is that possible? It says, new Flash, you're not the only blank that no magic. And the blank literally is, the black marked it out because the editor couldn't put the word in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> and then she shoots out the spell and just explodes somebody else. And then they go through a whole sequence of doing Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, different panels while they're killing deadites. So it's it's great because it's, again, it's just like the movie. And now all these characters are going, oh, okay, this is who we've got. It's going to be good. So, you know, it's definitely recommended. So somebody, if you were a Army of Darkness fan and thought, well, I don't want to read the comics, get this one. I mean, it's... It's good. The art's good. Lettering's good. The color's really great. It's really just a full-on action sequence throughout the whole thing until they get to S-Mart, and even then there's action because some deadites come out, and then obviously you know Ash appears, little talk, the end. So wham, bam, all at once. 
quick comic, but uh, it was great. You know, three ninety nine cover price image. You know, that's the price we're gonna pay for comics today anyway. You know, yeah. four bucks. Uh, definitely worth four bucks. And like I said, my shop, I had the option of what cover. Uh, the Francavilla cover is just is great. So um, I think what we should do is uh, once we get a page up and everything, we'll post the covers of the comics we're reading too, just so people can see what we're talking about. I think yeah, because that's, it, that's a good a, idea. Yeah, it, it's just a great cover. Uh, fun, fun comics. So yeah, that's what I read for my new issue. Very How about cool. you? <laughs> my new issue. I'm usually a DC guy. Uh-oh. DC, some Marvel, very few independent. So I originally picked this up, I guess, about a month ago. It was originally a Kickstarter that Ooh. got picked up uh, by Dark Horse, but the original graphic novel uh, that was a Kickstarter was called Leaving Megalopolis. And it's, oh, sweet. It's by Gail Simone and Jim California. Oh, you're awesome, dude. And uh, have you read this? Okay, I have it. I haven't read it yet because I just got it. Okay. <laughs> Is it okay if I spoil? Yeah, go ahead, dude. I hear it's it. awesome. I won't, I won't go into it. great detail, but basically the background, the, the, the issue, the new issue I'm doing is called Leaving Megalopolis, Surviving Megalopolis. So basically your story is you have a city full of heroes, sort of like the Justice League. They battle some creature that comes out of the ground. Creature gives out some mist or some something, and it turns all the heroes into murdering psychopaths that have superpowers. And basically, the first graphic novel is this group of ordinary citizens trying to get out of the city. So, without spoiling too much, (laughs) since you tell them about it. I mean, so I've already read about it, and. Uh I initially was going to do the Kickstarter. Yeah. But then I didn't. I can't remember why I didn't. I think it was just because I forgot about it, honestly. Because um, mainly when I kickstart, it's board games. Yeah. And I remember seeing this because Gail Simone, I love Secret Six, okay? I'll, I mean, if people heard me talk about comics, her first-ish runs, well, Villains United in that first initial, I think it was 30 comic run on Secret Six is amazing. So that's what got me wanting to read this. I remember reading about it and I just did it. So I ordered it and I, I haven't read it yet. So, but that's awesome. You're doing it. So go ahead so, and tell me, uh, I'll read it anyway. <laughs> no, the, the original book, as I said, has a couple core characters and the, the main character being this girl named Mina and who's had some hurt in her life. The, the big thing is they go kind of into the background of the character, the main characters. And then, all the murderous superheroes had they go into the background here and there it shows them what they did before and what kind of person they were and it it it's really good now they're on issue number three of the new series and basically a group of escaped the city and they decided to go back with like a couple uh, army type guys to save uh, one of the people that got left behind, and they're going to save some rich family's kid. Mm. It is their goal. It's really good. I really don't want to spoil too much, but okay. <laughs> uh, it's it's Gale. It's very bloody. Yeah. Pretty graphic. I mean, there's a scene. Uh, I'll spoil this one scene. So basically. The heroes that have powers got infected. If you're a hero, like let's say you're a Nightwing or a Batman type of hero, you didn't get infected. Mm-hmm. And some of the guys are playing along to act like they got infected because it seems like they need to kill every once in a while 
the psychopaths, mm. and then they're okay for a while. They don't they like get satisfied with killing. And there's this one group of survivors in the city that if you're not part of their group, they offer you up as a sacrifice <laughs> and chain you for the heroes one of the heroes to come and just kill you or whatever. So, oh. so it it's really good. As I said, it's it's I don't really want to go in that much detail with Reddit, but they got a bunch of different here. There's this one hero called Ribbon, and he's basically flat, oh. <laughs> and his face is flat, and he's really corny and and like totally. But he's cool. Nice. There's one hero that was made out of granite, or they found him in a ball of granite. He has powers with like Earth-like powers. That's mm. pretty cool. In the issue number three, you find out basically what what has happened to all the supervillains because you don't see any supervillains. So you basically find out what's going on with the supervillain. It's pretty cool. I, and I love the art. I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Califori, but Califori did, did stuff on the original Secret Six run that she did. So. Yes, and yeah. he did Gotham Underground. Yep. Yep. It was like a mini that went to the Rosa Gallery. It was like yeah. B characters mostly, I think. Underground was during the Battle for the Cal run, and so they came out with the Gotham Underground, right? Is that the one you're thinking of? Yeah, so, yeah, his art's good. I love his art, so yep. that's awesome. Yep, so that so, is you. Yeah, so this is the newest issue. So you've read the, the trade, right? So you're on the third issue then? Yeah, I read the trade, and then they have three issues of the book when it got taken over by Dark Horse, so it's Dark. been... Dark. We're local over in um, Portland, uh, well, Milwaukee, Oregon, right outside of Portland. I live at the coast now, obviously, but it used to live uh -huh. in Portland. And it's really cool when you drive by the Dark Horse. Um, it used to be. I don't know if it's still there. They had a full-on Predator outfit up in the window, which was awesome. You know, oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah. I've been really talking about this book on Twitter now, I think at least twice I've said, and Gail Simone even uh, replied back to me. So cool. Nice. She's awesome. You know, well, on a team book, she's awesome, I think. You know, mm -hmm. she... She's able to take these, especially weird characters, and tie them all together and make this weird group of people, but it works. Like, her her banter and dialogue between characters is so good. Like, uh, Secret Six with Ragdoll. I love Ragdoll. He's a great character, you know, just messed yeah. up. It was like, you think of Secret Six, it's like Suicide Squad, but worse set of bandits, you know, misfits doing stuff, which are a bunch of mercenaries, basically, which was awesome. So, and then obviously she had that long run of Birds of Prey, which is really good. So it's on my to-read pile. So basically I'm going in for surgery on Friday on some knee surgery. And I've got all this stack of books, graphic novels and other books to go through and read. There you and, go. Uh, that's one sitting in there on the stack. I mean, I'm like, because I'm down for two weeks and I'm going to go stir crazy. So I had to get, I've been prepping for the last two weeks and getting stuff together of what I'm going to read <laughs> or <laughs> video games to play, stuff like that. So Awesome. I'm even more excited to read it now. I think it's funny how you and I end up having the same taste on stuff and not even knowing it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I saw the I saw the cover and it got my attention. Cause I like really like his art. And then yeah. Simone's name was on. And then I just read what it was about. And I said that sounds interesting. And I had it laying around for a couple of weeks. And then, but when I read it, I read it like all at once. Right. And then you go so, back and read again, like, what did I miss on the art, or what little bit did I miss yeah. here? And there? So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And the only other thing that was in contention is new book of the month. Yeah. Was, uh, they had a, a Legends of Tomorrow book that DC released. Oh, for the TV show? 
No, oh. I, it's it's not, but that's the reason the title it doesn't have anything to do. It oh, basically okay. has I don't know if they're mini series or ongoing, but basically they have four stories. Hmm. They have Firestorm, they have Metamorpho, they have Metal Men, and then they have this story called Sugar and Spike. But the Metamorpho story is the one that I really liked. Yeah, Metamorpho, they tried bringing him back. Wasn't it right before the New 52 when they launched, they had a, a Metamorpho comic? He yes, was in. I think so. It was like a mini or something like that. Well, I don't think it was a mini. I think it was supposed to be a continuation, and then it just got canceled. I think it did like seven oh. or eight. It was him, and again, it was like a group book. I'm trying to remember who was in it. Uh, I liked it. You know, it was it was when they relaunched. They relaunched a bunch of stuff like Dial H for Hero, okay. they re- which was good. I mean, that was good. And that's you know an old story, but they redid it. But there was a book with Metal Morpho in it, but it was a team book, and I can't remember who he was with. Hmm. I'd have to go. I think I have some issues of it. I have to find it. Such a great character, but a lot of people don't know what to do with him. I think so. Right. Yeah. So it was basically a new origin for him. Not really that new, but a different take on it. It was so, very interesting. Very cool. Yeah, it makes me want to read that Megapolis now. So that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. So she is not writing for DC right now, is she? Is she done? Six I don't is think so. I assume six is ending. Right. Uh, I did not hear of her name on any of the new books. So. I was looking through the list of the new stuff coming out in June, and I did not see her, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. so huh. I don't know. Interesting. So, yeah. well, great. Because she was doing um, Sword of Sorcery, I think, past couple of years. Okay. Like with Red Sonia and some other of those, oh, um, yeah. those books that were going on. I think it was called Sword yeah. of Sorcery, something like that. So, yeah. yeah. Nice gal. I mean, I've yeah. talked to her on Twitter before. I, Actually, wasn't it you and I were having a conversation on Twitter about her, and we kept tagging her name in it one time? And she's like, hey, guys, quit tagging my name because oh. she was getting notifications. Was that you and me? I, I don't think it was me. Maybe it was me and Nate, I think, because uh-huh. we were talking about Secret Six and how great it was. And then we went into – because when they relaunched Batgirl, you know, in the comics, it was, okay. I just remember she was like, hey, guys, could you untag me? It was pretty funny. I felt bad because I yeah. wasn't even thinking about – because you just hit reply. Right. <laughs> kept pinging her name so but yeah and she she lives in oregon if i correct on the oregon coast but the southern coast so yeah so awesome definitely uh really interesting for me to read now so good yeah so, we got the two new books so definitely two ends of the spectrum too i think yeah you know um again so like i said i picked out army of darkness furious road um great book uh definitely looking forward this full, for this full series uh or however long it goes very very good and especially if you're a sam rainey uh, Bruce Campbell fan, uh, get the comic. I mean, obviously, I, they don't have anything to do with it that I know of, except for the name and stuff, but and the, the character. But it's great, so can't recommend that enough. Very cool. So you want to go ahead with your old book? Sure, sure. So my old book, uh, I mentioned this uh, last uh, time we spoke. Again, this week I'm staying away from superheroes, and I'm gonna try to branch out more because again, superheroes I mainly focus just on Batman and the Bat Family, but branching out on stuff. On what I first read to get me started in the comics, obviously that was, like I said, Ghost Rider, some Spider-Man, then the Batman. But one of my loves, and I still love uh, reading them, is I go back through are my old EC Comics. A lot of people go, what, EC Comics? Well, Tales from the Crypt. That's EC Comics. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, when I was a kid, um, they did a reprint of uh, a lot of the EC Comics. They reprinted uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt, The Vault of Horror, and The Witch's Cauldron. 
uh, because the, the Vault Keeper and the Witch, they were all in Tales from the Crypt. Because when you read a Tales from the Crypt comic, the Crypt Keeper came out, told you a little bit, right. had a story, and then there was the Witch's, uh, the Vault Keeper, and then the Witch's Cauldron, and then they did their each own comic, and then there was another, uh, the Crypt of Horror then was a second book with the Crypt Keeper that came out. So um, when I was a kid, uh, I want to say seventh and eighth grade, uh, is when they started making these reprints of the originals. Because the originals came out in the 1950s, um, if not a little bit earlier. Uh, that was the whole deal with the the comics code. Actually, 88 is when they came out. Sorry, I was looking at the, the old comics code, which really, um, EC Comics made it tough for everybody else to read comics almost because of the way their stories were. Uh, the comics code came out, and that kind of wiped out EC Comics. So you couldn't mention words like zombie of vampires, you know, this, this ruling group got together and said, comics are bad for kids. And there's a few books have been written on it. You could read about it online. Uh, because at the time they thought it was deteriorating the minds of youth basically. And I mean, unfortunately <laughs> all comics got lumped in together. I mean, it was, you know, these kids are reading comics and it's bad for them. And, and quite literally EC was <laughs> the driving force for that happening almost because they're horror comics. They're great though. They're awesome. They're, they're just campy horror. When I, I came across them, when I was, like I said, seventh grade, I think it was, when I was at my little grocery store, Ron's IGA, uh, in Deerfield, Kansas. About 800 people lived there, and Ron's IGA carried comics. And one day I remember seeing this Tales from the Crypt. I grew up watching slasher movies and horror movies, you know. And seeing a comic, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought it, and then uh, Ron and his wife, uh, Benita, kept ordering them and they started, you know, when the other ones came out, they ordered them because they knew I would go to there to buy them, you know, uh, which was really cool. And uh, still have a bunch of those old issues, which is great. They've released them in trade. They've released them in the nice collector's hardbacks. Uh, I haven't dropped the money for those, but I, I eventually will because it's like, I think it's eight or nine volumes now. They, there's a lot of them and they're, they're kind of spinny, but that's what I read to make a long story short. EC comics tells from the crypt, obviously in the, um, was it late 80s, early 90s? They did Tales from Crypt TV show on HBO. Yep. Uh, which is great because they actually took the stories from the comics and made them into the TV show at first. And then they started having other writers write stuff. But a lot of the first stories in Tales from the Crypt were stories that were actually in the comics. So uh, going for the old and new, I went through, it was just picking through my box. I kind of went through my stack and picked this one out. And I forgot it has this one great story in it I just love. So this is Tales from the Crypt. This is the originally came out 1950. It is March issue 46, February, March, 1955. Sorry. Issue number 46. So that's how old the comic actually is. My comic isn't that old. Mine is the reprint from 88. So it's, I mean, you know, so in it, there are one, two, three, four stories. Uh, the first one is basically a, a werewolf story. This town, uh, there's a guy out in the field, basically. And he's talking about, he's going to avenge uh, Mammy. Uh, with his wife was killed by a vamp, uh, by a werewolf, ends up shooting at the werewolf. They make mention of his rifle, you know, he's shooting a 30, a 33, I think is what they were saying he's shooting. Went right through him, didn't even stop him. First, the guy thought he missed. Everybody's complaining. Basically, a mob goes to wake up the mayor and say, hey, mayor, you got to take care of us. And I love the mayor's response. Oh, it was outside of the city? It's not in my jurisdiction. I can't do anything about it. <laughs> you know? And also they said, well, I took a shot at him. And the mayor tells him, well, you got to use silver. You know, if anybody knows anything about werewolves, you got to use silver. They said, well, next month we'll get them. So they armed every citizen in town and uh, everybody made silver bullets. The mayor was part of it. Well, a lady got attacked. Basically, everybody was indoors waiting for the full moon. 
a lady gets attacked, ends up being the mayor's wife. So now he's he's upset because the first time the mayor wasn't too upset. He's like, oh, whatever. The, a month passes. Lady gets attacked, ends up being the mayor's wife. Uh, the mayor gets upset. He gets this big party together. They all get silver bullets. He makes sure every able-bodied man has a rifle. And part of it is they find this old crone walking the streets, and they're like, well, whoever thought the werewolf was a man? It could be a female. And they're like, I never thought of that. So they ended up basically kidnapping the lady, and they mentioned that, you know, because <laughs> if she's not, take her back to the mayor's house because he's got a book to tell you if a test, if they're a werewolf while they're in human form. By that time, though, the mayor goes downstairs, and he sees some eyes staring at him, and he shoots, and nothing happens, and he's shooting with silver bullets. And, of course, everybody else runs down there, and the mayor's looking in a mirror, and there's a werewolf. Well, it's the mayor. He was a werewolf, and it says, you know, the everybody in town, of course, shot him <laughs> and got rid of the werewolf problem. So that was the first story. That one's okay. Yeah. Um, the second story was my favorite one, but I'll go through the, the other ones real quick. Third one is what's called a, the su- success story. Basically, a guy marries this old woman who's hideous and ugly because he heard she had a lot of money, and he's miserable while marrying her. And she eventually tells him, you know, she doesn't know that he knows she has a lot of money. And she tells him, no, I do have a lot of money. So you stay with me. Keep me happy. It's all yours. But this rag man keeps showing up and she sells him rags. And and the guy gets mad at his wife because, again, she's this old lady. She goes out just to collect rags all the time. Uh, He's the rag man. And she sells him for seven dollars. Her husband keeps getting madder because she's now dealing with all this filthy stuff and these rags. So he's tearing apart their house, this mansion, every time she goes out. He eventually kills her. The ragman shows up. Why can't you sell me rags? You know, I'll take them from her because he knew he killed him. And then the ragman basically ends up just killing the guy because the ragman was just full of rags. And it was a ruse because the ragman told him about her to make her happy because he couldn't make her happy. So just a, a weird story. The other story. Oh, wait, that's not ragman. That's tatter up. Uh, success story. Guy basically goes nuts, kills his in-laws and his wife. He got tricked into having his in-laws move in with him, and they tell him he's miserable. He's good for nothing in life. He ends up murdering him, which is kind of funny because some of those always had that line, like, I got a heads up on life. Well, basically, he has all of their heads on a platter. My favorite story in this, I remember reading this story when I was a kid. And I, I try to go through my Tales from the Crypt stuff every now and then. Basically, you see these group of guys, and this one is called Upon Reflection. Not Upon Reflection. This is called Blind Alleys. Usually, all these Tales from the Crypts have a moral to the story. I mean, everyone does. Right. Basically, yeah do this you know which is the funny thing because they're terrible book i mean not terrible it's a a gory story but there's a good moral to it which is the the funny that the dichotomy of the story well anyways it's you find out it's a bunch of a group of guys that are blind living in this house and they're supposed to be a guy that takes care of them you know um basically he has all these rooms and board for them and he gets money they pay him to take care of them but it talks about how the, the wallpaper's peeling it stinks he's serving them old rotten food uh, because they don't know what it looks like because they can't see it, right? Uh, so uh, he figures, well, it doesn't matter. They're blind. They can't appreciate it. Talks about how in the but in the winter, it's too cold for them. In the summer, it's too hot. There's no air conditioning, no heat. And all the while, the owner of the boarding house lives downstairs and has air conditioning, has heat. And they could hear him when he has women guests over. And they could smell his good food because their other senses get heightened. You know, they're aware of it. And also the guy who owns the boarding house has a dog and he has the dog for when he goes up to see the men to collect his pay, the dog scares the blind men so they don't attack the boarding house owner. You know, that's kind of his weapon against the blind guys because he knows that they know that he's he's ripping them off, basically. Well, they they decide one night that they're going to um, capture the boarding house owner, but they got to figure out how to get him separated from the dog. Well, the, the boarding house owner gets called away. 
to another room because a lady comes to visit. So they get some meat, and it's this raw meat that the boarding house owner's been feeding them, and throws it in a room. The dog goes in, and they lock the dog in there. So they've gotten the dog out of the way. The boarding house owner comes out of the way, and all of a sudden he's like, where's the dog? Um, can't remember the dog's name in here, but where's the dog at? Where's the dog? Uh, they're like, well, we'll show you. So they take the boarding house owner and throw him in another room and lock him in there. And it's adjacent to the boarding room with the dog locked into it. For the next few days, all these blind guys are just working. You hear banging and slamming and banging and hammering and sawing. And the boarding house owner's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And he knows that the dog next door is getting hungry. And if he doesn't get fed, he becomes even more violent. This dog does. He goes, you need to feed my dog. You need to feed my dog. Otherwise, you you, you can't control him. And then he starts saying, you got to feed me. you got to feed me. I'm starving. <laughs> well, finally, <laughs> the blind guy let the boarding house owner out. He goes, oh, here you go. Come with us. Follow us. It's a maze. They built this maze. <laughs> so, And uh, they build the maze. And they let the boarding house owner. He goes, you're free to go. You just have to make it through this maze. And the boarding house owner's like, well, that's that's not difficult. Well, as he's going through these walls, the panels get a little bit closer and closer together. So you can't, it's not a lot of room. And then he notices that in the walls are razor blades embedded in every panel, like wherever it's, it's razor blade walls, basically. They've gone in and put all these razor blades in there. Um, and then they hear, they let the dog out. <laughs> <laughs> So he's running, running through these hallways. They're getting, they're narrow. He's running into the razor blades, he's getting cut up, but he doesn't want his dog, this dog to eat him. Basically, they don't want him, the dog to bite him or whatever. Uh, so he's running, running. He's like, I can make it. I can outrun this dog. I'm getting cut here and there. And this is the greatest thing. So as he's running, oh, the dog's name is Brutus. He goes, uh, razor blades. The walls are lined with razor blades. They want me to cut myself because it says. And then the, and then Gunner, who was the boarding house man, saw the gleaming, glittering slivers of steel embedded in the maze walls. And Gunner laughed to himself as he started out of the cubicle. The fools, if I'm careful, if I take my time, I'll never have to touch the walls. Just walk slowly, like this, careful. And then it says, a sound behind Gunner froze his blood. A snarl and a squeak of a door opening. Brutus, hunger-crazed Brutus, they freed him too. And if you know the old Tales from the Crypt comics, it shows a picture-picture. And, well, you know, it's not like we see today. It's old-school yeah. comics. Uh, Gunner began to run. He had to reach freedom before that starved dog caught him. He ran down the twisting maze quarters, the sound of the loping, snarling dog behind him. He's like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. He brushed against the razor blade, slashing his flesh. He stumbled and got up, ran on, frightened wild, down through the twisting, doubling back maze, corridors with razor-lined walls, and the slobbering hound close behind. And this is the great part. And then some idiot turned out the lights. <laughs> so he's running through a maze from the starving dog, and then the blind guy turned off the lights. <laughs> oops. So, and uh, this is the Vault Keeper story in this issue. It says, oops, wrong turn, Gunner. Now, now, don't go to pieces, after all. It's almost like being blind. Well, kitties, that's my sickening story for this first issue of CK's new mag, uh, the Crypt Keeper's new Vault of Terror, you know. But I love their little lines afterward. Now it's time to close the Vault of Horror and turn you back to him as the dismembered parts of a corpse dead when they were shipped to the Undertaker's. We'll get together again. <laughs> Bye. So, but just the, and then some idiot turned out the lights. <laughs> so <laughs> basically in these stories, and they're so good. If you ever get a chance to go back and read some, you know, go to your comic shop, go to a pool box. And if they've got, you know, old copies that are beat up, buy a few and just read them. It's always, there's always a terrible person. There's always a good person basically. And the terrible person gets what's coming in the end. And that's it. And that's what happened to Gunner, the boarding house owner. Um, <laughs> blind guy's 
got him paid back. And I just remember reading it going, wow, razor blades in the walls. Cause it's always barbed wire or something, but literally it shows the panels of all these, this maze built, you know, these are like eight foot walls and just razor blades all through it. <laughs> and yeah. then the fact that some idiot turned the lights off. So, Oops. such a good throwback. So yeah, for uh, an old comic, uh, like I said, an old horror comic. Uh, and if you read the EC story, get online and read about it. Um, these were the comics that caused that, <laughs> literally. So, but yeah, good fun story. If you like horror or just that that cheesy horror, uh, you can't go wrong with Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, or The Witch's Cauldron. Uh, they're all good, and it's that old style art. I mean, it's, it's from the 1950s, so what we we're used to old comics looking like. Um, and it's just great. Like I said, these reprints came out in 88. They did reprints again in 94. And then I think it was about five, six years ago is when they put them in a maybe even longer, 10 years ago. They collect them into volumes with the nice hardbacks and stuff. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, so that is my, uh, my old comic, the uh, Tales from the Crypt, issue 46 from March, uh, February, March 1955. Yeah. That's pretty Yeah. Yeah, they don't really make that kind of stuff anymore today, it seems like. They don't, I would love it if somebody did a throwback style comic, honestly. With yeah. Today we're so focused on art, which, I mean, I love art, believe me. Many times people have heard me say, man, the art is gorgeous. I'm cool with the newspaper paper and old school art, though, too. You know, give me a good story. Uh, as long as the story is good or fun, I'm happy with it. These old comics like this, uh, I think they would do really well, no matter what company did it, as far as yeah. horror comics I've picked up in the past few years. We know that. Um, with stories out there. Um, but let's go back to the old style of art also, I think, uh, would be a great thing too. Yeah, that would. So, I guess it's, uh, my turn for my old book. And I'm going to turn to The Mind of Grant Morrison for my book. Love you already. No. <laughs> I don't know if you read this or not. And I'm go- going to discuss. Doom Patrol number 57, with a cover date of July of 92. Yes. Did you read any Doom Patrol? I, I had the trades. I, so okay. when I went on my kick, I was like, I got to read everything this guy has written. So uh-huh. I read Doom Patrol, yes. 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 For a lot of it, I can't even explain what the hell was going on at times. It's, it's Grant Morrison. Come on. Nobody <laughs> yeah. can. But this is my favorite issue because at the end of the previous issue number 56 robot man stumbles upon uh josh clay who's part of the doom patrol and he's dead and he looks up and he sees the chief standing up so when this issue starts he's looking at josh and the chief and it's like what's going on and the chief's like oh come on what do you mean? If you recall in this Doom Patrol group, he sort of revamped the Doom Patrol totally. And what uh, Rita was already dead. She had blown up previously when the island blew up. And you got Larry Trainer, who was kind of merged with a doctor, and they called him Rebus. And he was male and female. And yes. then there was uh, Dorothy Spinner, <laughs> who looked like a monkey, was a girl. And her... Her imagination would come to life. And there was Crazy Jane, who had all these multiple personalities, and each personality sort of had a superpower. And then, last but not least, is Danny the Street. <laughs> the transvestite street. 
effect yes. basically teleport them wherever they wanted to go and they catered the street yep. communicated through like the, the store signs and on a typewriter it would uh type and that's how you yep. but in this issue is like cliff comes upon the chief who obviously has murdered josh clay and of course any mastermind villain type that just gets revealed goes and of course tells the whole plan his whole plan what he's been doing what he's been up to and cliff finds out that he set up the whole doom troll he he was big in catastrophe and experimented with everybody that was in the doom patrol he experimented with larry experimented with rita experimented with cliff made their accidents happen so we could see how they dealt with catastrophe and he was also working with nano machines. Basically, he wanted to create a new world, destroy the old one, and create new what he thought would be the perfect world in his mind. And he built this like android type body that was like the perfect body that um, he was going to experiment putting Cliff into that body, and then he was going to put himself in that body. So when he destroyed the world, he would be able to to survive. So. Before was actually able to do this experiment, one of Dorothy's creatures that she had like uh, dreams about called the Candle Maker, which is some big white ugly dude that had a bunch of like candles along the top of his head, brought him to life because she wanted to try to save Josh. And he ended up jumping into this android that uh, the chief was going to have as his own body. And he proceeds to rip the chief's head off, <laughs> throws it to the ground, and then he takes Cliff's brain because Cliff got frozen by the chief who was going to attack him after he figured out that he won the kid Josh. So the chief kind of froze him and was doing some kind of experimentation on his brain. And the candle maker pick, basically picks up his brain, throws it on the floor, and smashes it. And that's basically how that issue in do you recall that issue at all the storyline a little bit i just remember yeah. the part where they learned they all got screwed with basically so yeah but yeah, yeah. control is awesome and i'm a i'm a morrison fanboy everybody knows me in comics yeah I, i'm a morrison fanboy and literally it started with um with his run on batman i didn't know much about well i did know his jlo run his jla run and then like his arkham oh well i'm a I'm a terrible Morrison fanboy. <laughs> the Arkham, uh, uh, Arkham Asylum. What's it called? The tagline underneath. I can't. Oh my gosh. Anyway, his Arkham Asylum graphic novel. Um, so yes. I knew him from that. JL run. I love the way he writes. So, um, when he started that new run on, well, new back when, when he started a seven year run on Batman, I was just loving it. I was like, I got to see what else this guy's written. Cause his JLA run is one of the best runs ever. I think on, JLA, honestly. It had some great stories in there. Yeah. And then we find out about his other stuff. So I remember reading Doom Patrol and just like, oh my God, this guy's nuts. This guy's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And he freaking admits, you know, he used to do acid or whatever and would write while it was on, you know. And Doom Patrol is one of those comics that's like, what did I just read? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, a lot of them was like, okay, I don't even know what that was. What's he talking about? You know, and then from there, his, uh, have you read Flex Mentallo? No, but that's related to this somehow. Right. So Flex Mentallo literally started in Doom Patrol, 
because he made an appearance in a Doom Patrol comic as an audience member. Yeah, that's right. So Grant Morrison ends up writing this whole story. Because basically Flex Metallo is the Charles Atlas guy. Okay. Yeah. And Frank Whiteley did the art. It started out as like, um, I think it was a four-issue miniseries, and then Uh it was for so long. And And it's never been reprinted. No, it was. It was. Five years ago. Five, six years ago, they reprinted it. You could get it in trade paperback now. So. Yeah, so I picked up the trade because it was a big thing because I'm like, oh, man. So it came out in trade, which is awesome. So if you like Doom Patrol, you got to read Flex Mentalo because it is just as nutty as Doom Patrol. So it's it's out there. And Morrison, again, he is amazing. Um, All-Star Superman, Grant Morrison wrote it. You know, amazing. I'm not a Superman fan, but amazing, you know, and and, uh, Frank White did the art on that. So. Anything the guy writes, I love, with the exception of the new 52 action comics didn't care for it. So, but, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, Doom Patrol is so good because of, again, it's one of those team books where everybody's just quirky and weird and you're like, what the heck? Where did he, who even thinks of guys like this, you know? Yeah. And, and this is near the end of his run. Yeah. Yeah. I believe he only like had five issues or less. Yeah, it went into weird directions after that, after he jumped off of it. I don't think it lasted too much because the oh. chief chief came back to life, and he was like they were carrying his head around in a bowl of ice, a plate <laughs> of ice, and he was just yeah. a talking head. Yeah. And Cliff, well, at that point, after this, Cliff, they actually the chief actually downloaded his brain on a computer disk or whatever, so he sort of didn't die. Right. It's right so- there. That's awesome that you did Doom Patrol because Doom Patrol is, again, like Secret Six, this band of misfits, just weird people get together in these stories. It's it's awesome. And I think there's not a large audience for it, no. but comics needs that. There's something out there where it says, I need these guys today, you know, um, with the reboots and stuff. They need to do something where it's just a, a that weird one-off comic. Hey, I've heard a little bit about it. Uh, and what it needs to be is that the comic companies need to get behind these small comics because they have these cult followings. That's It reminds me of, like, cult movies, you know. That movie is terrible, but there's always a group of people that love it. For whatever reason, It you know, it's just gotten a following. And uh, that's kind of like how Doom Patrol is. You talk to people who like Doom Patrol, they're like, oh, my gosh, Doom Patrol's awesome. Well, I don't hear much about it. Why? The comic companies didn't get behind it, which is too bad. You know, Secret yeah. Six, same thing. You know, look at Suicide Squad off and on how many times with different lineups. That'll probably blow up with the new movie, you know, coming out. But you need these crazy, quirky team books just to give something outside of the norm. And Doom Patrol, Morrison did it great, you know, with because those crazy, those characters are just, <laughs> again, it, it's it's tough. And especially when he left, it's hard to keep that same writing and that same style uh, with those characters. So yeah. And I think it even got weirder if that was even possible. Because you could tell the next writer, I don't know who it was, was almost trying too hard to live up to that Morrison ideal. Of what yeah. So that's awesome. Dude, I love your, your choices this time. That's great. Yeah, I kind of didn't do Batman, so. No, it's it. Batman, I could read Batman anytime. I was tempted to go, well, Morrison's Batman runs old enough, right? It's 12 years old now. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Out. How sad is that? 12, 13 years, I think, from that first issue. So Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's... I know. It, it has. He was on it for seven years, and then they had um, Battle for the Cowl, and then he came back uh, for the Batman and Robin. Then uh, he did well, Batman, I, Inc. 
Batman Inc. That was part of that seven year. That extended it to the eighth year in the the new fifty two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's the See, only part that I didn't love. I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I didn't love as much as re- it was the Batman Inc. stuff. Yeah, the Batman Inc. stuff could have like the new fifty two Batman Inc. Yeah, like there was that one issue which was just terrible. Was like Internet 4.0 or 3.0. That was so dumb. <laughs> and then the part where Bruce Wayne comes out and says, "I've been paying for Batman and has all these Batman." I'm like, "No, we don't need that. We we don't need that." You know. Yeah. He wrote one of the greatest Batman issues. I think Batman 666 was amazing. That future view of Damien. Yeah, future Damien. Yep. Yeah. So, but I'm a I'm a huge Morrison fan. I love him. The guy is amazing. And uh, yeah. Doom Patrol, read it. If nobody's read that, it's another one that's like, go find some old issues, man, and pull them out and buy them because they're great. But they're in trade now also. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're in trade. And um, they made like, an omnibus that has, cool. like, all the issues in one volume. That's what you want to get because it's awesome, you know. Um, yeah, but uh, be warned that uh, it, it's if you're thinking it's going to be a straight-up superhero story, sorry, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is a what did I just read type of story? I mean, it's wow. You know, so yeah. it's out there, but it's good. It's, it's something that's different outside of the norm and it's good. That's the yep. thing. So, yep. you know, superheroes, we've, every story is rehashed and rehashed. It seems like, and so it's nice to get that breath of fresh air, something different to read. So yeah, yep, it's good. It's really good though. Yep. Nice. So, well, cool. Here we go. Too old, too new. Yeah. If you'd like to contact us, we're both on Twitter. I'm at GothamKnight13 on Twitter, and Seth is at Seth, Seth Must, must Die. die. Right. Go ahead, say it again. Seth Must Die. <laughs> yes, Seth Must Die. And uh, if you'd like to send us an email, you can email us at GothamKnight13 at gmail.com. And we'll be back in two weeks to discuss four new books. Well, four... Too, too old, too new. <laughs> <laughs>